Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logos for more information or to donate. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. And back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Happy to be with the guys, Roger and John and uh, Neil, myself, Bob Duco. Hey guys, how are you? Doing great, okay. Bob. How about you? Oh, well, doing very well, thank you. I mean, you're doing this, great. The Lions won. Uh, yeah, 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 hold yeah, on, yeah. let's let's see here. First of all, let me just let everybody know we are actually going to be talking about some heavy stuff. We're going to talk about the New Hampshire primaries, the results, what happens with Nikki Haley now going forward. Second half of the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, abortion and Roe v. Wade, which the anniversary was just this past Monday of Roe v. Wade, although it's been overturned. Is abortion a loser for Republicans to talk about? Democrats are playing the abortion card because they see it to their advantage. How should Republicans respond? So we're going to get into a lot of that stuff, but First things first, <laughs> that's right, uh, my Lions in the NFC Championship game. And so we're taking on San Francisco. We'll talk with Roger about that in just a moment. But uh, we also know that Neil, hopefully Neil's going to be joining us pretty soon because uh, Neil's having a little bit of a, a technical glitch in connecting with us. So hopefully we'll be joined by him. If not, we'll trash talk him behind his back. His poor bills. Here we now go again. Chokes. Wide right in the field go. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the last words any Buffalo Bills fan wants to hear is, wide right uh, ever since that infamous Scott Norwood miss. And then they have a four-year run of losing in the Super Bowl. It's like, oh, heartbreaking. Now, John, I am kind of curious, though, from somebody who uh, doesn't have their team anywhere near the, the no. playoffs. Uh, so is the Broncos just one big embarrassment to you guys? They didn't even make the playoffs, did they? How, how bad was no, their we season? Didn't. Uh, well, we had a huge, you know, keep in mind and not defending them, but, you know, we had a huge issue with ownership change. And I think the, the interim where, you know, Pat Bolin had passed and the kids in our GM were kind of running things. They go out, they do the huge contract with Russell Wilson, which by the way, was absolutely a huge mistake, which I think everybody now looks at besides Russell himself, maybe, um, everybody else looks at it as <laughs> a huge blunder. And you know what they should have done, like any business, in, is in that transition. Just keep things moving forward. Do the best you can to keep your status quo. You know you're not going to have a winning year in that particular interim. You're looking for new ownership. It wouldn't have changed the value of the team at all. In fact, that huge contract might have even devalued things ever so slightly. I mean, when you're in the billions of dollars, I don't know if it makes a whole lot of difference, Bob, at the end of the day. But regardless, I think everybody knew that you know we were going to go through some changes. And, of course, we had an absolute horrendous you know, in my opinion, coaching staff for uh, a season. And mm-hmm. then, of course, we've got now Sean Payton. I think Sean's got a really good chance of getting things built back up. You saw things even halfway through the year start to get better. Problem is, we just don't have the quarterback. And, the, the you know, the, the issue I've had with Russell Wilson, and everybody out there listening may maybe agree or disagree, I don't think Russell's a leader. And I think anytime you go to a quarterback position, when you don't have a solid leader, and this goes to a lot of the things even we talk about with politics, things we'll even get into today, without good, solid leadership out of that one key position, and I know there's other positions that are key on a football team, but the quarterback is really the key. Outside of the coach, he on the field, even when he's not on the field, when he's on the sidelines watching the defense play, 
He should be their biggest leader, their biggest rallying point. He's the one that really should be looking at what's going on right now. How can I go back on the field and make huge changes? I don't see that in Russell Wilson, and it's apparent it's not there because I doubt he'll be here next year. Yeah, well. So given all of that, that's where we are as Bronco fans. (laughs) Hey, by the way, what's, what's going on with John Elway these days? Because is, uh, he's, he's still a legendary name. In he's Denver, a legend here in, in Denver, no doubt, for all the things he did for Denver. He's really stepped back. He's not really involved in anything on the Broncos side of things. I don't know exactly what he's doing. He's not in the press much anymore. Hopefully, he's just kind of enjoying life and some of the investments he's made on the car side and so on. And yeah, I was going to say, he runs car dealerships, life. doesn't he? I think he's he got a few, deal. yes. Yeah, okay. All right, that sounds good. Uh, and then, of course, we know uh, poor Neil and his Buffalo Bills, but... <laughs> I, I was rooting wah, for him too. Wah, wah. I feel I feel bad for and you know the poor guy, the poor kicker. He's been getting death threats. He had to cancel his social media accounts because of I mean, how brutal ridiculous. everybody's being. So that's that's really unfortunate. That's a, I mean, come on, what this guy has to be feeling, how brutal. And that was not a long field goal. It just he just. What, he, he just hooked he well shanked it really he, he right. just uh gave it a, a curve right and the guy's got to be feeling horrible so come on don't beat up on him like this uh however i will be happy to beat up on roger because i know that this <laughs> uh this oh man roger i gotta tell okay you need to know detroit lions are one of i believe only four nfl teams that have never made it to the big game Never made it to the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, the Detroit Lions have only one time since 1963 won a playoff game, even one playoff game. Wow. And so what happens is you, you go back to 1991 when the Lions won the wild card game. They got one deep into the playoffs and then they lost. You got to go back to 1963 before they went beyond that. They've never even been to a Super Bowl. They've never been to an NFC Championship game. Well, prior to the Super Bowl being called Super Bowl. So, okay, you go back into the the, the pre-60s days, and I think they won some NFL championships, but that was way back when for Super Bowl era. Uh, so here in Detroit, Roger, this is, this is uh, huge. I mean, they're just going insane. Just to give you an idea, Ford Field, which is where we play. You guys are uh, Levi Stadium, I think mm-hmm. it is. Yes. But um, here in Ford Field, first of all, the tickets, three of my boys went to the game this past Sunday. Uh, they And they, they went because they were able to get tickets for half price at $800 a piece. <laughs> Instead of the normal $1,600. Okay. Oh uh, and then now... Ford Field went ahead for the game against San Francisco, went ahead and blocked off. They're they're bringing in a huge screen TV, and they block off 20,000 seats, and they put them up for sale, 20 bucks a piece, boom, within an hour. All twenty thousand seats are sold out. Wow. You know, so it's it's insane. We are we are ready for you, San Francisco Rainbow Flag Forty ers I'm just letting you know. <laughs> well, let, okay. First and foremost, may I you know, 
record show. Lifelong Southern Californian. I mean, my favorite professional football team is USC. I mean, that's kind of where we are as far as our family goes with mm-hmm. the NFL. But, you know, KCBC has been our flagship affiliate in the Bay Area for right. Lord knows that's how right. long. We have a lot of KCBC listeners who listen to National Crawford Roundtable. So I know that they are ecstatic. There are a couple of interesting idiosyncrasies about this game that I that are kind of fun. First and foremost, right. of course, we know that Brock Purdy is a Christian and, and his mom actually went to school. I'm going to get this wrong. She either went to El Toro High School or Mission Viejo High School. They're two big crosstown rivals right in the heart of what, Orange what? County. Big football powerhouses where all the USC players came from. Well, well I want to make sure we're clear, but the one Christian in San Francisco happens to play for the football team? <laughs> That's true. Wow. That's true. What a coincidence. Well, I'm sorry. A handful, a handful who call in you know, to the show, too, but nonetheless. Okay. So, so Brock Purdy then, of course, was drafted in 2022. He was the last draft pick. You guys are familiar with the Mr. Irrelevant contest, right? Where they every yeah. year they, they pick some guy. He's usually a down lineman or a linebacker mm-hmm. or something like that. Jared Goff, who played for the Rams before being traded right. to the Lions, was the number one draft pick in 2016. So, of course, your head-to-head matchup is you have the first time ever in a championship <laughs> game that the number one draft pick from his year is playing the number 230 draft pick from his year. Okay. Right. But now here's, I, I told you before the, we started the podcast, Bob, that I had a connection here uh, to our friend and sponsor, Dennis Wilson. Right. Brock Purdy went to Iowa State. And while he was at Iowa State, he was a member of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. There was a young woman on the women's soccer team at Iowa State named Brooke Miller. And Brock and Brooke became friends. I mean, they're not dating or anything like that. They're really good friends. After they graduated, Brock went to the NFL and Brooke went to go work, work for Wilson Financial Associates because Dennis Wilson is her grandfather. Wow. <laughs> so I've been hearing about Brock Purdy ever since he made the taxi squad with the 49ers. And right. he, everything they say about his faith is legit. It's straight up and down. I mean, he's just, he is that guy. And I'm, you know, it's one of those fun facts, but uh, Dennis is a sports guy and uh, he does pay attention to what's happening in the culture. And, you know, it's interesting because as we see what's, we're going to talk about the primaries and, and New Hampshire and, you know, what this means for the presidential race. But I know that when it comes to the financial world, Joe Biden presidency for four more years means way more taxes. Donald Trump, I, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But there are a lot of banks and things that are stunting right now in the market. They're offering 3%, 4% on a savings account saying, hey, come park all your money here with us. But that's short term. It's six months, nine months. Oftentimes your money's locked up and you can't get to it. With Wilson Financial, what they do offer is the opportunity for you to have safe investments with the money that God has blessed you with, that you've earned or it's been bequeathed to you or whatever, and have that safety net, but also have a lot more liquidity and a lot bigger growth. I mean, quite frankly, you can invest in a real estate investment trust right now that's going to pay you 8%. I mean, and pay that for three years, guaranteed on American real estate. You go to the banner at Wilson Financial Advisors, uh, at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and click that banner and uh, set up that consultation with Dennis. Find out how you can make the opportunity uh, that, that are out there that you don't hear about in the media um, a reality for you and your family. And you know what? He might even want to talk a little forty. Niner football with you. I mean, hmm. Bob, we need a friendly wager here, don't we? I mean, uh, I'll about- tell you what, I was thinking about this, Roger. So here's what we do, okay? If if the Lions, I'll tell you what, if the 49ers win, and, and this is really unfair because you know you guys are favored to win, okay? We're just so excited to be at the party. I, I, I have a bad feeling how bad we're going to get our clocks cleaned, especially at Levi Stadium. But uh, if, if, the, Lion, if uh, the 49ers win, then I think for next week's podcast, I have to wear like a 49ers cap. Okay. okay. Through the whole <laughs> right. podcast. There you go. Okay. Right. Uh, but if the Lions win, then I'm thinking you uh, not only have to wear a Lions cap, 
but you have to go shirtless and paint your chest blue. Okay? <laughs> wait, wait, no, wait. So, how come I have to do the body paint? Because I mean, <laughs> because lions are favored to lose, and you know, they're favored well, to lose by a lot. I'll, I'll tell you what. I will color my goatee. How about that? Oh, <laughs> there, we go. there you go. Oh, wait. You'll yeah. color your goatee. What blue? Yeah. yeah, absolutely blue. It's my favorite color. So it's all right. I was going to say okay. either that or I would wear Greg Landry high tops, you know, for the those, <laughs> those old cleats he used to wear. I would wear a pair of those in a heartbeat. But uh, yeah, okay. So uh, for, right. if the, the Niners right. win, Bob's wearing a Niners cap. If the Lions win, I will wear a Lions cap and have and my uh, goatee painted uh, blue for the event. That's the extra for the Lions plus five or 10 or 20 right, or whatever right. it's going to be. Hey, the, so. Lions, the Lions are on a mission, and I believe in this whole team of destiny thing. Remember what the Texas Rangers did in the World Series? Yeah. You know, I mean, the fact they'd been uh -huh. there before, but those guys were playing together as a unit. Dan Campbell's got, got something going on in Detroit, mm -hmm. and don't be surprised if the Tigers, or the Tigers, the Lions run the <laughs> table. Tigers aren't going to do anything for another 30 years, but I think right. the Lions have, really do have a legit shot. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I would love it. We are, we are uh, very excited about all this here. So um, the primaries, of course, Tuesday night primaries in New Hampshire. Donald Trump won these primaries, of course. Again, it's a two-person race, him and Nikki Haley. He won by barely double digits, 11.3% uh, or something like that he ended up winning by. Uh, Nikki Haley gives a, what was kind of an, a strange victory speech, which seemed really odd in that she lost, but the gap was so narrow. In other words, she's celebrating because she didn't lose by 20 or 25 points. She only lost by 10 or 11 points. Well, okay, fine. But because she went after Donald Trump and talked about his senior moments and everything else, and she just laid into him, Donald Trump, this is one of the things about, look, I like Trump. I support him. I all that kind of stuff. But these are the things that makes my eye twitch. He he should have given a conciliatory speech the same way that he did after the Iowa caucuses, but he didn't. He decided, oh, yeah, you come after me. I'm going back after you. And so he spent all of his time just laying into her and what a loser she is and whatever. It's like, stop it, stop it. Not to mention the fact you may need to use her as a you VP choice Never for, burn a bridge. To, to get the independence. Why would you – yeah, exactly. Why would you burn this bridge? Uh, so it's unfortunate that he did that. He could have rose above it. He didn't. This is the pettiness of Trump being trump i hate to say it that's why um, his vp pick is so important by the I, way it is and here's the thing okay and he says it's not but that's the other thing he needs schooled on by the way uh that's he totally needs schooled on that and kaylee McEnany, who of course donald trump, she's a sister in christ she also donald yeah. trump's former press secretary Great lady she flat out says trump needs to pick a moderate for uh, for his vp choice and i agree in 2016 he didn't need to pick a moderate. He needed to pick a born-again evangelical Christian in Mike Pence because he didn't have a, a base of Christian support shored up for himself. He, need to, he needed to convince evangelical Christians we could trust him, and that's why he needed Mike Pence. I don't think he has to convince evangelicals He needs more than now. a moderate, guys. He needs somebody that can come on his defense every single day of the week and defend the things he just said and or re-explain what he just said, which, by the way, the only choice he's got for that is Vivek. Okay. Yeah, but he can't, I don't. He can't do Vivek though. The problem is, if he does Vivek Ramaswamy, then the perception is 
it's a right winger and an even more right winger. Yeah, but Vivek will pick up enough of that middle young crowd vote because that's who he drives to. That some, you know, keep in mind, hardcore left, as you know, and and the anti-Trumpers, they're never coming over anyway. So that's not the two the two crowds you're trying to reach. You're trying to reach that middle of the road voter that's swaying one way or the other. Doesn't like the economy. Doesn't like his paycheck. Doesn't like all the transgenderism garbage going on. I know we're going to talk about the abortion thing a little later as well. But guys, there's enough things that I really feel like. A guy like Vivek, and, and because he's so quick on his feet in the press with another person he would be competing against, the other VP choice, whoever that might end up being, by the way, that's another discussion. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's so quick on his feet that that's exactly what a Donald Trump needs. He's got to have a tiger as his running mate. You not, know what? Look, not the same tiger he is, by the way. No, I know. I get that. And you know something? The skill sets of Ramaswamy, I totally agree with you on. But I just have a bad feeling that this would be caricaturized as almost a Saturday Night Live skit duo. And I, it just makes well, me nervous that, independence. I, think, I, I, I know, I but are independents the, really going to warm Yeah, they're up smart to enough to see through that. They're not that stupid. I mean, that's the thing the left forgets is that they're thinking everybody is is so brainwashed, they just follow them lock, stock, and barrel. Only their cronies do that. Everybody else is looking at things through, I believe, a very careful lens problem is Donald Trump doesn't, and we've talked about this, he doesn't necessarily speak to those people. In fact, he can be very offensive to them, i.e. what you just said earlier, Bob, mm-hmm. about what he said about Nikki. Vivek is not that way. Now, look, I know, and he's got a lot of polish. I get that. I just, if you look at the polling last night, one of the numbers that really stood out to me was that 80% of those who said they voted for Nikki Haley said that they would never vote for Donald Trump and they won't vote for yeah, him. But if that's he's New Hampshire. I mean, and Nikki's celebrating I, I, you a, know, you know, a 11 point loss, which, by the way, in New Hampshire, she should have done better than that. I yeah. know that this, this was her area to shine and she didn't do it. But it just, it seems to me he has to get Nikki Haley supporters to come to him. And these are the independent swing voter soccer moms and some of the rhino establishment people and whatever. And I, I don't know, John, I just don't see Vivek as smooth as he is. I just don't see him connecting with them. It seems like he needs a female moderate. He needs a Nikki Haley kind of person on his ticket mm-hmm. to convince those soccer moms and the Haley I'm not supporters a Nikki Haley to come fan, on over. So I hope that's I'm not, not the case. either. I get, and I get that. I don't like Nikki Haley either. But, I don't think she does that much for the folks in the middle, especially because of her warmongering stance. Yeah. All right, Roger. What's what's your take on this and your analysis of last night? Well, the analysis of last night, well, I guess we'll start there. The, the, this was agreed with what you guys said. This was Nikki Haley's best shot. And the fact that she, you know, in terms of actual raw numbers compared to percentages, you know, had a pretty good turnout. But this is a woman who was trending very well with moderates, Democrats who would cross the aisle, and the college-educated Republican voter. And if she right. can't muster enough support in a state like New Hampshire, which is going to lean left anyway. I mean, let's face it. Joe Biden didn't even register to be on the ballot there. They had to write him in to get, a, you know, the, electric del, del, the electorate delegates together because it's the first time since 64 when Lyndon Johnson said, I'm not going to whatever state he didn't go to. I mean, the Democrats didn't want to spend any money there. I mean, they didn't think Dean Phillips was going to show up and get 20% of the Democrat vote, but he did. So they had to mount a write-in campaign. But if she was going to make any kind of headway with that side, because we know Donald Trump appeals to the blue collar, non-college educated, you know, the the, the kind of uh, what the left would term is uh, knuckle dragging mouth breathers you know i mean that that's that's the donald trump audience right that's that's who they are and nikki haley kind of brings that you know moderate type of appeal the has such a contentious relationship now does create i think a problem for donald trump and your point uh, with regard to vivek i resonate with everything you say but 
We have entered a new era in politics. There is no way two men on a ticket are ever going to win again, ever. The, I, and I think, States. you know what? And I think that that's a very real issue. He's either got to go with a a minority, <laughs> Tim Scott, if it's going to be a man. Unless or, Vivek is a minority, guys. It, he, he is. Yeah, but, but, he's, un, he's unproven. I mean, this is the thing. Right. Will millennials rally around him? Probably. I mean, heck, Jen Ellis was bugging with him on uh, after Iowa, you know, because, hey, mm -hmm. he's my buddy. He's my friend. But I think, let's face it. If the electorate would go for Joe Biden and a picture of Kamala Harris, because they didn't get a vice president for the past four years, then what? who's to say that on the GOP side of the equation, all of a sudden, Christy Nome's looking like a viable candidate. And I don't know that she's necessarily vice presidential material, but remember, no, there's she's, the a viable, she's a viable choice. Well, there's the imaging and the optics that go along with this. If Vivek were a woman, hands down, slam right. dunk. Home run, but well, I'll tell you not. what I would take. Uh, I would take Christy Nome over Nikki Haley. I'm just saying. I think it's got to be a woman, and it's got to be a woman who is not a Carrie Lake kind of woman. Even though I would love to have Carrie Lake on the ticket, I would. Oh, no, that's a big I'm disaster. Just, but I, I, I agree with you, John. I think it would be a disaster because again, the perception that this is going to leave the independent swing voter soccer moms and the rhinos and the establishment. It's going to leave them completely yeah. out of the mix. And my feeling is. Vivek is going to leave him out of the mix too, and make no, them I, I feel disagree. abandoned. Okay, I disagree with you there. Uh, but you know, and, we'll and see. Really so quick, maybe, maybe a Christy no. Look at some of the town halls and things that Vivek has had out in public. I totally disagree with you. He does. He has right. a very good way of bringing those people over to our side. Okay, because of his messaging, which, by the way, our party needs greatly. Uh, I know that that is a huge issue. We got Agreed more to unpack. That, yes. We got more to unpack about this as we continue through this this podcast. We do want to remind everybody, though, you hear us talking about preborn on this podcast, and remember. This is the week. It's just Monday of this week. It's the anniversary of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Thankfully, it or Roe v. Wade. Thankfully, it was overturned. But abortion's still going strong, folks. And that's why what we need to do is convince women to choose life and not choose death. Well, the best way to do this is show them an ultrasound image of their baby. And this is what preborn does in pro-life centers all across the country. They're the main group that shows these ultrasound images. Moms choose life when they see a picture of their baby. By the way, they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So here's the deal. 28 bucks is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. 28 bucks and you save a baby's life. So we're asking you to pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number God lays on your heart, and that's your one-time gift to preborn. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So we have some people out there right now that would be willing to do this. You can give two ways, online or on the phone. Online, just go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn, give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn. And if you want to talk to a real-life person on the phone, call right now. 833-850-BABY, and they answer the phones 24-7, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. Uh, the, the, the VP then, a choice here. So uh, I'm thinking he actually would be well-served by having Nikki Haley as his VP, even though I don't like her, I don't trust her, I get that. But this is about we got to get past the corruption of the media and the corruption of social media and whatever fraud and anything else this November. Somehow, some way, we got to get Donald Trump in, and he has to he has to take Nikki Haley's support, small as it is, but he's got to somehow get that thirty percent of her support. And it just seems to me that that's a a great way to maybe Christy Nome could go ahead and get them, but. 
It seems like Nikki Haley's probably, a thing, and I don't think Trump ought to be burning <laughs> bridges with her. Keep this in mind as well. Even, and make sure I say this correctly, some of the even hardcore always Trumpers who I will support him, by the way, they'll support mm-hmm. him pretty much no matter what, although most of them can't stand her. You're, he, he has a risk of even disenfranchising some of his core by going with her because all of that side thinks she's a complete swamp rhino. You think that will be no, more than negligible, though? I mean, really. I don't know, Bob. I mean, it, it, here's the thing: in this in this particular election, we can't afford any of that. He has got to be dead center on everything he's doing. He's got to quick. He's got to get rid of his ego. He's got to start taking some solid advice of those around him. And otherwise, it's a long road to November because again, it's not going to be Joe Biden he's competing with, and even he himself has said that. Who should his VP pick? Uh, does it need to be a woman, Roger? Yes, it does. I mean, it, it, we're, we're, now that Kamala kind of bridged that gap, yeah. there's no there's no turning back. I mean, I honestly thought Trump was going to choose a woman in 2016, but then someone said, wait, we need an adult to be with him at all times, and so they picked Mike Pence. Well, and we need idea, an evangelical Christian, An too, evangelical Christian, We, too. we didn't yeah. trust him yet. Well, right. we didn't. And, you know, and, and quite frankly, it's amazing to see how well Donald Trump did in the White House with that council of, uh, you know, elders, if you will, who were speaking mm-hmm. biblical truth into the guy's ear. And you saw what happened when that group was dissipated after the election. I mean, he was running amok. Donald Trump has to be more calculating this time. I mean, we, we talked a lot during the uh, four years he was in office about the fact that he was a loose cannon and people like that. He didn't, you know, no filter. It was fine. He needs to learn how to filter that no filter right. approach. Right. And still come across as spontaneous yeah. but be a b- bit more calculating and when it comes to the vp pick if he's going to make it personal and get it a name calling with nikki haley he's uh, going to lose a lot of votes. he is i yeah. know and he's not and, and, and what he has to back. remember is this isn't 2016 right 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 the no, whole I look, different I'm, world i'm with you on all of that now what about nikki haley though it, it, it first of all i'm really surprised that she's trying to stay in this fight. The only thing I can ima- I can assume is that she's got some big donors that are telling her, uh, no, we don't want you dropping out. And so she's just following well, she their She has orders. some anti-Trump donors. That's where that's she, coming and from. And she's right? got yeah, some Democrat donors too that are- I know. Well, which, by the way, guys, for her. don't forget, 70%, 70%, according to a CNN exit poll from last night, 70% of the people that voted for her were not registered Republicans. Right. They were undecideds. They they were either Democrats or undecideds, one of the two. And Democrats in the New Hampshire primary are allowed to change themselves to unregistered yeah. and then go ahead and switch this over. This is so, the anti-Trump crowd. I know. So it, Right. But a lot of Democrats, too, which, by the way, John, I know you and I are going to do battle over this, okay? But – I don't. I don't see where a bunch of Democrats are hoping Donald Trump gets the nomination. All right. I think oh, that they, they are afraid they, of Donald Trump, and the, that's the, the core, reason why they're no, supporting Nikki Haley no, and crossing no. the lines because there's a, they're there's afraid a of him. There's a fringe amount that feel that way, Bob. The core Democrat Party wants Donald Trump as their candidate because he is the easiest to beat, and he is the easiest to beat. By the way, I don't agree with you on that. If actually, if you look at, there are a lot of most of the polls. Head-to-head polls, most of them show Trump beating Biden by a oh, wider margin than Haley or anybody else. Any, anybody could be Biden. No, but you got to have some kind Biden. of point of reference to work off of. Uh, There's got to no, be some kind of point of reference. Then why isn't no. everybody else beating Joe Biden also? Only Trump is. So th- that tells me that there's there's not zero value in those but, polls. But, but here's the thing. Those polls are irrelevant because he's not going to be the candidate. Oh, it's irrelevant. Man. 
Okay. Well, he is going to be. Well, uh, Joe Biden. No, he's I get not. What you're saying. No, I get saying it's not going to be Joe Biden. It's probably no. going to be Gavin. So Newsom, that's where my right? point is. Those polls showing what Trump does against Biden are, and and Trump needs to quit right. looking at that because in the end, I, I highly, highly, highly doubt it's going to be Joe Biden. Especially, by right, the way, if the polling continues down the path of what you're saying, which I'll agree with you on the polls and what they say there, and if they continue on that trend, all the more reason why they pull him. All right. Now look, the second half, we're going to. Finish talking about this, and then we're going to talk about the issue of abortion as well. And is that a winning or losing issue for the Republican Party? In the meantime, don't forget, give to Preborn if you haven't yet, okay? You can go online right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and you can give right there. You take $28, that's the average cost, the ultrasound expense to save one baby's life. Take $28 times fill in the blank. How many babies' lives will you save? You're paying for the ultrasound images, and this is what causes women to choose life instead of abortion. So $28 times fill in the blank, one-time gift, and go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. 100% of what you give goes to fund the ultrasounds, folks. Nothing for overhead. You can also call 833-850-BABY 24-7, and they answer the phones. 833-850-BABY. Just give right over the phone. Uh, we appreciate you folks listening to us. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. Certainly follow them wherever you follow your social media. And the second half coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of the losing 49ers, California. What? You have John Rush of Rush to Reason, of course, from Denver. We're not going to get within 100 yards of no, the no playoffs, shows. Colorado. Uh, Bob Duco from the uh, Bob Duco Show, of course, out of Detroit, the a few weeks from now, Super Bowl champions, Detroit Lions. And uh, Neil Boron <laughs> still smarting from another wide right from his Buffalo Bills, uh, unfortunately Ouch. not able to be with us today. Ouch. So as we talk about politics, I want to dive into the abortion aspect of, of this debate. But before we do, just one final thing on the on the Trump and Nikki Haley factor from the uh, from the primaries the New Hampshire primaries Tuesday night it seems to me guys that Nikki Haley is not being very smart far be it from me to call her names like bird brain okay but uh She's going to get her clock cleaned in South Carolina. This is her own state. She was governor there. And to me, the humiliation of going into South Carolina, skipping Nevada, going there, putting all your eggs in that basket and getting beat by 30 points. Right now, real clear politics average of all the polls has Trump over 30 points above her in South Carolina. So she gets humiliated by 25 or 30 points. I can't help but wonder what long-term damage this does for her potentially in 2028 because she's going to be branded as somebody who got yeah, her clock done. cleaned in her own state. Yeah. She yeah. should bow out now yeah. so she yeah. doesn't have to face that humiliation and yeah, sa yeah, salvage her future. Great point. Otherwise, she has put a fork in it. She's done. Yeah. I know. For long-term. Forever. Because everybody's going to remember that. That's right. You know? you know what she becomes? She becomes the Kamala Harris who could never get more than one point. The Democrats won't get behind Kamala Harris because they know right. that she's a loser who can't generate anything. By the way, the other thing I think you really have to look at here, and this is where I think Trump's ego tends to get in the way as well. Instead of looking out what's best for Trump and winning, what's best for the whole country? In other words, the VP pick, if done correctly and groomed correctly, we will have that White House for 12 years. I know. And look, you know what happened Tuesday night is that Trump was probably planning on going out and being conciliatory again, just like he was before uh, in Iowa, because he knows how to do that. All right. And then Nikki Haley came out 
and thrashed and trashed and personally insulted Donald Trump and senior moments and blah, blah, blah. And I think his handlers were like, Donald, just do what you did in Iowa. Do what you did in Iowa. And he's like, baloney. I'm not going to listen to this bull blank. And he goes out there and he just let Trump be Trump. That's the discipline he's got to get a hold of. You're right. Or he's not going to get the independence. We have two undisciplined candidates in the GOP right now, because quite frankly, I'm surprised that Nikki Haley is taking this attack dog approach. Remember Marco Rubio in 2016? How stupid is that? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. None. I mean, this is take the high road. They go low, you go high. I mean, this certainly applies here. And instead of, right, she could not read the tea leaves very well because she's going to go into South Carolina where she was a governor and she had a certain measure of success. It launched her into the uh, uh, the presidential realm in Trump's cabinet with being the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. But when it comes down to where South Carolina is, it's a whole different ballgame. And if she's going to go in there saying, hey, remember when I was your governor? They'll say, yeah, that's why we're voting for Trump. Not a good look for her. I know, I know. So you know what? Personally, I think that Trump ought to for VP. I still say he probably should suck it up, do Nikki Haley, and if not her, Christy Nome. Uh, I just have a bad feeling he's going to yeah, no do Carrie Haley Lake. because Haley will not help us in the next round of elections. I hate to say that. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll see. But I, I just have a bad feeling he's going to do Carrie Lake, and he's going to go with oh. the the loyalty. We do that. We're done, guys. The pit bull person who. What? You're right, and I agree with you. Then that's going to be that's going to be a tough one to get independent swing voters on. So what about the issue of abortion? You know, Roe v. Wade was overturned a couple of years ago, thankfully. Uh, there has been a lot of backlash. And so you, it does seem as though, at least when you look at the polls, that there has in fact been backlash against the Roe v. Wade decision because prior to Roe v. Wade being overturned, for the most part, you had about a 50-50 split of people in America calling themselves pro-life, pro-choice. All right. After Roe v. Wade was overturned, the numbers switched. Now it's in the neighborhood of 65-35, pro-choice over pro-life. So it does seem like the Democrats, with their dishonesty about the whole abortion thing, it does seem like they have successfully so far uh, made abortion a losing issue for Republicans. Now, my thing has always been, this can be a winning issue if Republicans would just learn how to communicate effectively. Unfortunately, they don't know how to. So, uh, this is what I'm curious about. Roger, I want to get your take on this first because uh, wh- here's what I hear from a lot of people. Republicans need to leave the abortion issue alone. Just leave it alone. Don't touch it. With- it's nitroglycerin and uh, we-, we stink at messaging anyway, so just leave it. I think that's stupid advice and I'll tell you why. Because the Democrats are going to bring it up anyway. It's not like we have no choice of abortion being talked about. It is going to be talked about and it is going to be front and center because the Democrats are going to make it there. So if Republicans don't address this issue head on, then they're allowing the narrative to be established by the dishonest Democrats in this area. And the Democrats are going to focus on the isolated cases of, hey, look at this woman in Texas who, you know, had to travel to another state. They're going to take those isolated individual human interest stories of that poor woman and the Republicans aren't going to respond because, no, we don't want to talk abortion. No, I think the Republicans, Roger, need to go ahead and say, since Democrats are going to play this card anyway, let's beat them to the punch. And let's say, let's just come out and and say, look, on abortion, 
I know not everybody agrees with us. There's a debate about rape and incest exceptions and things like that. Okay, fine. But independent swing voters and soccer moms don't like extremism. And I got news for you. The Democrats are extreme. They support abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. They support zero restrictions on abortion. And then every, every, every Republican who does any interview from now to November needs to every single time bring up Will the Democrats name just one, name just one restriction on abortion that they support? Name just one. Name even a num- one number of days prior to 40 weeks that they would support banning abortion. They can't name one and then challenge the media. Next time you interview a Democrat, you just ask me about rape and incest. I want to see if you're willing to ask the Democrat that comes on after me, can you, quote, name just one restriction on abortion? You can't. Because independent swing voters and soccer moms, they do not support unrestricted abortion on demand through all nine months without even parental consent. They do not support that, and Republicans ought to capitalize on that. Because I have to talk about it anyway. You might as well do it on the offensive instead of the defensive. Roger, that's my rant. What do you think? Be prepared. I mean, exactly. I resonate with everything that you say here because let's face it, you saw this happen in the 2022 midterms. John, you did in Colorado. We mm-hmm. did here in the People's Republic. What The minute Roe versus Wade was over, I mean, and basically the Dobbs decision was handed down, the Democrats went on the offensive. And what did they say? Your democracy is at risk because the Supreme Court took mm-hmm. away a woman's right to choose. And that, that became bing, 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 bing. That's all you heard up until November. And of course, look what happened. I mean, Proposition 1 passed in California. Uh, it, it's being enshrined in constitutions as we speak. So the fact that the Democrats were able to take this and say, okay, that's not true, by the way. I mean, the reality is when the Supreme Court overturned Roe by passing Mm -hmm. Dobbs, they basically reverted back to the states, which is how the democratic process is supposed to work. But don't bother Democrats with facts these days. Get on their emotions. So if that's the way they're going to play, the Republicans have to play that way too. They have to find that one or two note message that they can keep hammering down. I mean, Bob, to your point, if it's going to be... Do you support killing a child? I mean, literally a picture of labor and delivery at a hospital and saying, okay, which door are you going to choose? Labor and delivery or a DNC? I mean, that's basically what you've got. But we have to be that clear and understand there are lots of nuances to what it means to be pro-life. There are a lot of people who are pro-life. They don't want any abortion. There are a lot of people who want pro-life, but they want the exception. There are some people who are pro-life, but they're not contraception friendly. I mean, there's a lot of nuances to it. But if the messaging is there, and like you said, one or two talking points, they're in every interview. You can't avoid it. I mean, Joe Biden, Joe Biden was at a Restore Row event last night for crying out loud. Big old banner behind him. I mean, you know exactly where the Democrats are because Roe versus Wade to Democrats means women's independence. It means women's freedom. And we know it means the murder of 65 plus million children. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's, it's a huge. That's problem. right. Do you support a ban on third trimester abortions or not? Yes or no? Okay, yeah. because thousands of them happen every year. Do you support a ban on third trimester abortions or not? Right. Soccer moms, independent swing voters, by the tune of about seventy to seventy-five percent, do not support third trimester abortions. Play this card, Republicans. Don't be dumb about this. Which, by the way, uh, Roger, when you talk about uh, messaging and getting the facts out and whatever, can I just say uh, that is exactly what Dennis Wilson does to, to help people financially. Uh, get their own financial houses in order. Imagine how the world would work if everybody said, okay, well, I've got a pension with my company. I've got a 401k or an IRA. And this is what the bank offers. And this is what the major brokerage houses offer. And I have to take that. 
I mean, for 54 years, Dennis Wilson has been finding alternatives to those uh, economic problems that people have. And all of a sudden it's like, well, how can I pay fewer taxes in retirement if not any taxes in retirement? How do I do my social security tax-free? Those are the kinds of alternatives. When you bring those questions to Wilson Financial, either they have an answer for you or they'll get one. And you know that he's doing this using biblically-based time and proven methods, like I said, over 50 years of experience and nary a dissatisfied customer. Click on the Wilson Financial banner when you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 800-696-9970 because you want those solutions. I mean, our job is to be is to steward what God has entrusted to us, whether large or small. And the way we do that is not to trust the government, not to trust the large financial houses that might say, hey, your real estate investment trust is safe with us, and they're throwing it into some third world country where they're right. supporting some communist government. It has to be, I mean, right here in the U.S., focused on biblical values, Wilson Financial, that's where I believe is the best place to place your faith and trust with regard to how you're going to steward the money God's entrusted to you. Absolutely. So, uh, John, what's your take about the uh, abortion issue? Is it a loser of an issue and Republicans should just uh, not bring it up unless it's brought up? It's a losing situation if we continue to message the way we currently are now. Everything you and Roger just said fully agree with. We've got to have the ability to you know, message better, whether that's offensively, defensively. And by the way, we need to learn what the left does, and that is to pivot as well. So once right. you're done with that particular part of that conversation, pivot into the things that those, by the way, that care about that, it's also near and dear to. And even some of those that may be, to your point, they're, they're not in favor of a third trimester. So then pivot from that into, and by the way, this transgender movement that's going on across the country, do you realize that just like an abortion under the age of such and such, you can have, you know, your kid can transition under that age and blah, blah, blah. I mean, in other words, guys, we've got to do a better job of hitting them where it hurts, and we don't do that well enough. That's right. And you know what? Those independent soccer moms, those swing voters, those, those, those rhinos that barely lean Republican you know something? They don't like mom and dad being left out in the cold nope. and teachers keeping a secret That's right. with the child about gender transitioning. They so, don't so like. pivot from the abortion side right. that's allowed to the transgender side that's allowed. Get them to correlate those two together. All of a sudden, you've got to win. That's right. Absolutely. So, soccer moms hate the idea of their 15 year old being allowed to get an abortion without mom knowing or approving right. and being able to get a mastectomy without mom knowing and approving. That that Agreed. infuriates them. And that's what the Democrats are pushing. So let's play that card, Roger. L yeah, let's, but let's not forget that the reason that the Democrats win these battles time and time again is they go for the heart first before the mind. It's all about feeling, it's all about showing that you care. Yeah. We can quote statistics. Top to bottom to we're blue in the face all day long. At the end of the day, we have to get the, what's the old business adage? We got to sell the sizzle, not the steak. Mm -hmm. We've got a great message here that people need to believe in. And quite frankly, according to Barner research, about 80% of Americans really resonate with it. It's the 10% right. on the extreme progressive left and the 10% on the uh, uh, fundamentalist right that kind of get all the headlines. But John Q. Public lives in that spot where they're saying, I don't want children to be harmed. I don't want, the, like as far as transgender ideology, for example, if gender dysphoria is real and more and more kids are dealing with it, we have to be able to say, look, I understand this is tragic, this is horrible, whatever. And that's why I'm pushing this instead of running out and screaming and yelling and saying, don't mutilate children. Well, we don't want children mutilated. Yeah. But if you're a Democrat, the first thing you offer them is a hug first. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's why they win with the messaging. Oftentimes we come across as, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And people just go click, 
And they, they just, it's a meteor that's coming their way. They can see it from a while away. They take a step out of the way so it doesn't get on them, not mm-hmm. realizing that it's actually going to help them. And by the way, Roger, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, personally, it makes my eye twitch because as an apologist, you know, I live my life in the in the left half of my brain. And so I this idea of I have to tell a story in a hug to get it. But it is what it is. You're absolutely right. We right. live in a post-truth world where people form truth based on feelings. So you know something? We can still win these battles. We just present it differently. Tell the story about that 15-year-old boy uh, who got castrated and, and, yeah. and regrets that right. decision. And now for the rest of his life, he's not able to have children, okay? And mom and dad were so looking forward to being grandma and grandpa, but now they have to deal with the pain and the heartache of this. Why? Because some teacher kept it a secret from yep. mom and dad. And I just want to remind everybody, my opponent over here. He wants it kept a secret from mom and dad. That's the official position yep. of the Democratic Party. Yep. That's why we're saying, no, you can't do that. Okay, I know we disagree about some issues of abortion. We all have disagreements, but can't we all agree that a seven-pound baby in the third trimester should not legally be allowed to be butchered alive? All right, But my opponent won't declare that that should be illegal, that should be banned. We'll not declare that. So this is something we can come together and agree on. And then you're right, John, pivot to something yep. else at that point. You planted the seeds, you got the bullet points out there, and you pivot to something and else. To, and and to Roger's point, you know, and I agree with him on the feeling side, so pivot even to the side of transgenderism where you know the, about 80%, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's around 80% of them either contemplate or commit right. suicide. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of factual evidence out there, data that you could play into and then talk about you know what kind of an effect does it have on that family that's now been left behind and on and on you go. So you could do what Roger's doing and still get the facts in at the same that's right. time. Exactly. And, and express exactly. compassion too. It's like, hey, that's right. go ahead and say things. We don't like, want to lose a we life. We feel love and compassion for these kids. Okay, Which, They're by the confused. way, you tie back into the abortion side because then ultimately the message is, guys, all I'm going to tell you is, I love life. I want everybody yes. to live a life fulfilled to the best of their ability, and we want people to live their best life ever. That's right. Amen. And, Amen. And, and, and you expose the extremist positions of That's the right. other side. And, and so, uh, no, so I, I, I totally agree with you guys. And this is what Republicans have to learn, okay? They cannot just stay silent on this issue because abortion is going to be brought up. And right now, the Democrats, they are establishing the narrative and they are branding Republicans on the abortion debate and Republicans are letting them do it. So you got to come back and you got to do it exactly the way that you guys are saying. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, We got more to talk about. This is, by the way, as we talk about abortion, remember, there is something that you can do to actually save babies' lives. You know, you, you really can. You, you can partner with preborn. You can give to preborn. Pay for ultrasound images. Because when a mom sees a picture of her baby, this is the first time she's ever seen what her baby looks like. And this is where she realizes, wait a minute, this is not a clump of cells. This is a baby growing inside of me. And statistically, she chooses life almost all the time and usually ends up accepting the Lord too. So we're asking you folks right now, will you pay for as many ultrasound images as your budget will allow? We're asking you for a one-time gift, $28 stops one abortion. That's the cost to stop one abortion through ultrasounds. 
How many abortions will you stop in your one-time gift? Take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever number that is. Pray about a number. And then you can give online or on the phone. Online, just go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, not a penny for overhead. And if you want to talk to a real-life person on the phone, they answer the phones 24-7. So call right now, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. So the, uh, the abortion issue then is not a loser for the Republicans. They just need to the do a loser better the way job. it is now, it has to be rebranded. Right. Okay, now who's the person who it's certainly not Donald Trump. No. We know that. No. Okay, Donald Trump is a is a bull in a China shop. This we is know. tough because we you know we struggle with and it's and it's the reason we struggle with unity on our side as Republicans because we're all you know free thinkers. We believe in that, et cetera, mm-hmm. independence. I get it, but somehow, some way, somebody's got to take a leadership role, uh, not yeah. only from the RNC but all the way down to even the state levels to get this message. By the way, this is a message that every single candidate that's running for office, not only for president of the United States, needs to get because this comes up even on local school board elections. By the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that's another argument for certainly a female VP choice who can be that maybe it is a Christie gnome and she can talk about the abortion issue from a woman's perspective and bring that kind of heart and emotion into it while exposing the extremism of the Democratic Party on this side. Uh, I mean, Trump is just not the person to talk my, about My fear this. with Trump not. is he's just... He's thinking too much about himself and his VP pick is going to be disastrous, but I hope I'm wrong. Well, I think he knows it's got to be a woman. I do think he knows that. I just, I, if I had to predict, I think it's going to be Carrie Lake. And I know what yeah. you're saying from before. I get it. And by the way, I, agree, I don't agree with you that we're done if that happens. But I agree with you that would be a disastrous pick because she, just like Vivek, gets turned into a, an inaccurate and unfair caricature. And yeah. so now you have two election deniers is what the everything would be regarding that. So, no, I think Christy Nome or or Nikki Haley. And I don't know, is there another woman out there? Is, it, is there another viable woman that has enough name? What about uh, Winsome Sears in Georgia? Black woman. Yeah. Again, well, until somebody said that name to me two or three days ago, I had no idea who she was. So that's a right. no go for me. I know, yeah, I but you know what? No most it. people don't. Most people. It's very common for people not to know the name of the. Vi- who really knew Mike Pence's name yeah, other than people case, outside though, again, of Illinois? This isn't 2016. We need somebody with more brand name recognition this time around, guys. You know, in all honesty, when it comes to the abortion issue, since Donald Trump will not message that well, uh, if you look at the other side and how they continually put the vice president out there trying to message and she's terrible, if you had a woman who was running with Donald Trump who could articulate the GOP position and made that kind of her battering ram, wouldn't you love to see that debate? I mean, that would be fascinating. I think. And and by the way, there's a 2028 person, too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Remember, to I think John's point earlier, you're 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 not picking the president for the next four years. You're potentially picking the president for the next twelve. So when it comes right down to it, if the if, if Trump, it, well, here here's the litmus test, and I think we all know the answer. If he really does care about making America great again, he'll be thinking the twelve year plan. But if he's thinking like Donald Trump, he's thinking I want to win again because I'm still butthurt because I lost last time. Look, the system was rigged against you last time, sir. We all know that you did not handle yourself with class and decorum. Look, Barack Obama, the day after Donald Trump won, stood there in the Rose Garden with Joe Biden and said, okay, we're a smooth transition of power, this, that, and the other thing, and then began to booby trap the FBI to make it impossible 
possible for Donald Trump to what he was going to do. Nobody right. knew that was going on. I mean, until right. the, but Trump, meanwhile, is out there saying they stole the elections. No, Don, it was you. You're too easy to avoid when you do stuff like that. You've got to be more subtle. I, I still think that Winsome Sears is a possibility to turn her into a star. She is quick on her feet. She's got a very compelling story. Uh, that the poverty that she was raised in. And as a matter of fact, I believe it was Winsome Sears who went on to be the director of a Salvation Army homeless shelter that she actually lived at at one time. Uh, I believe that was Winsome Sears. I might be having her confused with somebody else that's got an equally compelling story. But she's got a really powerful story as a black woman. And, uh, and you know, now here she is, lieutenant governor. So I don't know. You could turn her into a star, put her on the map. And then get her out there in front of everybody and let her be the spokesman for the teams. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't rule that out either. Um, I would ask all of you listening to us, though, that we very much appreciate you listening to this podcast, okay? But we want you to support our sponsors, too. Wilson Financial, absolutely. Preborn, absolutely. If you haven't given to Preborn yet, go ahead and do it now. You can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and give right there any dollar amount that you can. Remember, $28 is the dollar amount that's going to stop one abortion, save one baby's life through ultrasound images. Take $28 times fill in the blank and just pray about a number, okay? And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give right there. Or if you want to talk to a real-life person on the phone, they answer the phones 24-7. You can call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. Just mentioned National Crawford Roundtable when you call. So, guys, we're uh, kind of winding this down. Let's kind of bring it back, I suppose, full circle then to what happens in the in the primaries. Do you guys see Nikki Haley dropping out then after uh, she gets embarrassed in South Carolina? Will she actually ride this thing all the way to Super Tuesday? No, she won't write it that long. Will she go one more round? I, I thought after last night even she would drop. It doesn't look like that will be the case. To your point, I think she's got a lot of people in her ear telling her to keep moving yep. forward, a lot of funding and so on. Yeah. Uh, I hope she doesn't go as far as to be totally embarrassed, but I'm afraid that's what will happen. That's a month away, though. A lot can happen in a month. Very I know true. Tuesday night she said, I'm Very not true. going anywhere. But a month is a long time. To, uh, she she is two isn't. or three weeks. Well, yeah, I know. But to, I, I, here's my prediction. I don't think she goes into South Carolina. I think she sees the tea leaves. And two or three weeks from now, she announces I hope that she's right. pulling out. Uh, that's yeah. my best guess. Could be proven, proven wrong about everything else. So might as well add this to the pile. Uh, anyway, folks, we appreciate you listening to us. You can watch video of us. I don't know why you would want to see what we look like, but uh, myhopenow.com. And of course, follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And uh, we look forward to having Neil Boron back with us next week as he still licks his wounds from his poor bills. Uh, and Roger Marsh, looking forward to seeing Roger Marsh next week wearing his Detroit Lions baseball or his Detroit Lions hat and painting his goatee blue when <laughs> the Lions beat his 49ers next week. You can and only hope. You can only uh, This is true. This is true. But it's an actual bona fide bet that we have going yes. on here. Friendly Virtual wager. handshake so here. Yeah. I I will wear the 49ers cap through the whole podcast if mm -hmm. if uh, if you win. 
and then that's between you and God. Uh, and John Rush, of course, uh, Rush to Reason from Denver. Anybody seen the Broncos lately? Who? Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, Bob Duco, show out of Detroit. Guys, great catching up with you. Looking forward to next week. And uh, you know what? <clears throat> go Lions. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. And go Lions, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Niners! Yeah. <laughs> no! I right, will see you. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logo to donate. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMedia.net and click on their logo for more information. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.